does it excite you? Because I imagine yeah. trying to come off the high of having 50,000 yeah. fans screaming while you kick a goal is pretty, yeah, pretty it, up there. Yeah, it is up there. It's definitely, you know, an amazing feeling to have that. But I think for me, the more personal one on one approach is obviously, you know, right up there with that. And just seeing someone else succeed just as much as what you are is you know it does massive things for yourself and the way you interact with other people so um that's why i'll probably engage with this so heavily throughout my career because playing footy doesn't last forever um and even though it is an amazing experience to be in that that little bubble of what it is to be a professional athlete um there's more to things in life than just competing that's justin westoff he's a former afl star but that's not why he's on the podcast for the past five years, Westy and his business partner, Scott Rogash, have been working on a revolutionary concept that could completely change the lives of many people experiencing homelessness. We've been working on a project called Forage Built, which I guess underpins all of all of Forage Supply Co, where it's creating a community. So housing's not gonna solve homelessness, community will. They're building compact, minimalist homes known as pods that can be placed together in vacant blocks of land to form micro-communities. But it goes much further than accommodation. These communities will be fully sustainable and host all the services necessary for someone to meet their needs and change their life for the better. This episode's a bit different from the usual and so are these guys. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast all about young men's health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's do it. This episode is proudly brought to you by Beyond Bank Australia, one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. Beyond Bank has a strong focus on lending a hand to those working on some of the broader challenges that impact our community and is a big supporter of Youngblood's mission to improve mental health. Guys, when did you start confronting the issue of homelessness? Well, the idea probably started when we both started at Hush Street Centre as a, I guess for me, a volunteer. Scotty had a bit more of a full-time uh, role doing certain events and stuff like that. But I had the opportunity to work there for a little bit and do a few things and then you kind of really see what people are going through. Um, and then the, probably the idea of that probably led on to what we need, we're doing now with um, trying to help in that space. You can probably well, what, touch what yeah. drew you guys to that in the first oh, place? Like, why did you go and volunteer there? And I guess, yeah, so I, st- I was doing a sports rec and management degree at uni, um, and through that you had to volunteer for a community event. I ended up going to Hutt Street Centre, um, and we were, right, uh, we were doing an event called Touching Down for the Homeless. So it was a lot of the wine wineries around the Brosser and McLaren Vale would come down. They'd run a touch footy event and raise money for um, Hutt Street Centre. And I enjoyed, you know, the... The idea of giving back and I enjoyed the um, Hutt Street Centre as an organisation and at that time Westy had just started AFL I reckon and so they asked him to become and come down and be an ambassador for them so and Westy loved it as well um, so we ended up doing the first event there where I volunteered um, Westy was an ambassador for it um, pretty soon after that I kind of I left to do a fair bit of travel but sort of every time I came back I'd always go back to Hutt Street Centre and just see you know where I could give a hand out and Westy stayed on as an ambassador there. So pretty well early, from an early stage, we had that sort of um, give back system, I guess, embedded into us where, you know, just doing something without wanting anything in return. And, and Westy, what did you notice as you were an ambassador and you spent more time there? It's probably just an eye-opening to what certain people are living through, really. Um, coming from where I was, I was probably lived a really sheltered life and... Um, 
a really privileged life, um, you know, not missing out on anything, playing sport, um, going to a great school. And for me to see it firsthand and, you know, to talk to people who've gone through it and really realising that it can happen to anyone, really. It's only a few steps. It could happen to me. It could happen to anyone. Just in a bad spot, in a bit of a rut in your life and to see good, successful people um, find their way into that situation. It was really compelling to hear that and I was in a space there where I could kind of shine a light on that aspect of people's lives a little bit and and help in a certain way uh, whether it's through what we're doing or even if it's you know sitting in the kitchen and and handing out meals or just talking to people through what they're going through so it kind of stemmed from there where we're now in a position where we could help a little bit more um, and employ people and um, donate certain things um if it's clothing or food or um, paid paid hours. Um. What did you recognise were the biggest obstacles for people experiencing homelessness? Probably a sense of purpose um, in their lives um, and not having, you know, people around them which, you know, can support them, a, a space where they can go where they feel safe, someone who can talk to, you know, around, about real issues of what they're going through and not being... Uh, not you know, stepping back and saying, oh, that's too hard. And um, I suppose treat them like a person as well yeah, rather absolutely. than just looking past yep. them and, and marching on or putting them in a certain box, which I suppose you have that propensity to do coming from privilege and obviously you experience what it was like to see homelessness a certain way and then yep. realise it wasn't what you thought at all. We're sort of going on the motto like stories, not stereotypes. So don't stereotype someone on the street. As you get to hear their story and you actually find out, you know, a lot of people it's just been bad luck, a few wrong decisions. A lot of people don't have family here, a lot of mental health issues, you know, drug, alcohol, all that. But there's also a lot of these people want to get back on the feet mm. and get back into society. There are people out there that, you know, do care about them and do do really want to help. And it's just, yeah, really trying to change that um, stereotype, I guess, around home, homelessness. And for people who find themselves in that situation, what have you seen it do to them, the way that they're viewed by society or, or judged? And what does that do to their confidence or their, their self-esteem? People... Um, pigeonhole them to be homelessness which is the guy that they see down on the street or on the corner sleeping out in the parklands that is probably only five percent of what homelessness there's such a broad spectrum it's you know people couch surfing from week to week people sleeping in their car um, there's such a broad spectrum i think the real issue is those people not really you know going in for help because they don't think they that they are homeless and that's probably the reason why they they go a little bit deeper into that where they actually are in a position where they need a little bit so more they help. don't seek the yep. help because they're, exactly they're not right. living on the street necessarily yep. or sleeping rough and it takes a like if you are to actually end up in your car or couch surfing you know you're obviously at a real low point in your life and then to be able to get that confidence to actually go to support to get that help and support you know it, it, it's it's very hard on a lot of people to actually make that first step to go, oh, we're not, you don't want it to be called a homeless centre, you know, mm. you're not labelled as a homeless person. It's just yeah. a support network. Like if you're sick, you go into the doctors, you know, don't, don't be ashamed to go in there and ask for some help because mm. there's a lot of great organisations around that are there for that help. Mm. You know, so really like re rephrasing that and restructuring and changing the image and, and how that system sort of functions and that's what you guys are all about. Yeah. Can you just explain how Foragers developed? Yeah, well, I guess it's mostly about 
five years ago when I came back from traveling, um, me and Westy sort of ran the idea of starting a little company together. And, you know, you sort of brainstorm on what, what your values are and how, you know, what we wanted to get out of the business. Um, we first just started off doing a little wine brand that we thought were just, you know, a couple of local Brosser boys. Westy having a little bit of a profile in the footy, you know, we thought, yeah, we'd be able to get that up and going pretty easy. Mm. But then we sort of delved a lot deeper and being like, you know, what is it we actually want to get out of this um, starting a business? And that's when we um, thought, yeah, the wine side can be a part of it, but we wanted to, we pretty well got our motto there, which is smallest impact on the environment, greatest impact on the community. First thing we actually did within the homeless sector was um, Westy found this old caravan on the side of the street coming back from Stirling. And we wanted to make sure uh, people in the Hutt Street Centre and on the street could get the same quality food that we get as well. Mm. So, and we wanted to make sure that they get their fruit and veg as well. So we ended up starting a fully plant-based uh, food truck um, where we donate meals back to homeless shelters where we've been able to donate now over 3,000 plant-based meals back to homeless shelters. Wow. Um, and hire now over 5,000 hours of homelessness through um, the catering side and the wine side. Brilliant. So it sort of kicked off there where it was a great way to build the brand. It was a great way for us to get some employment. So the first 15 people we actually hired were all from Hart Street Centre. So we went in there. Um, we got the Royal Croquet Club and Glutney Fringe cool. as our first two events, or one of our first two events. And, yeah, we sort of we teed up with Hart Street Centre. We went in there the Friday. We said, get everybody that needs a bit of help or wants some work, and we'll, um, we'll open the doors and we'll see how many people we can get some work for. And what did that do for them? Well, for starters, I think for us as a company, um, it'd be easy for us just to go to any person um, and hire them, you know, no questions asked. It's probably, I think the line that we're coming from is, why can't these guys who are looked this way not be at the top of the list for a job? So um, I suppose for us to give faith in them straight away, like at first takings for a job, I think, for that for them um was amazing like these guys were probably our best workers that we ever had um just by us giving them the opportunity which not many other people would to be honest um you know companies would come in and look through their situation and go oh that's too hard mm. so i think for us um and then for them you know for us to have faith in them and then they repay us with you know working hard um did that have some flow-on effects for them where they had some more self-belief after that? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that sense of purpose, like anybody. anybody just You've got to have something to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and, you know, there was a lot that got a lot of work from um, after that, so they had something to put on their resume, even just to get a house, to have a referee. So right. we would then get people ringing us up and go, like, I'd be like, absolutely, you know. Yep. It's just some, something else to have on there. So And they could do that all along, and you guys yeah. believed in them and knew that, and they knew that as well, but just because you're going to be judged based off your appearance and, and the surface level stuff, it's so hard to get that first opportunity. And maybe just that, that one foot in that door, that the one crack, that's enough to then be able to put your life back together. 100%. Mm. And, you know, these people are successful before anything. You know, they used to run companies, school teachers. Like, they're just a period of their life where they have, you know, full on hard times and it just gives, you know, one opportunity from us or another company just to give them a chance and then that can obviously a massive roll on effect and obviously now we've got a full-time guy who's come through that program who's an amazing worker for us um well we probably have had two yeah. people that have been great ambassadors for our company and 
they live it more than probably what we do. Um, and to see them, you know, from when they first step in the doors to where they are now, um, a huge shift on, you know, their mindset and, and their willingness to try new things, to get their life back on track, to find a house, to, you know, rekindle relationships in their family. Mm. Just, it's a massive, massive flow on effect. So seeing the effect that that had, that obviously sparks more of an idea in your head for how can we do this for more people? How can we give more people that, that self-respect, all those opportunities? So how did that flow into the next stage? Yeah, well, I, I guess we kind of found out pretty early on like the first way we did it with just hiring 15 people was a bit of a band-aid fix because a we only had work over the festival season yeah as soon as that happened we might have been able to keep keep one on two on and it's sort of like yeah you get them that support they become a part of a community again but then we we've got no work so uh, I, I doing that for a few years we kind of found it you know it, it wasn't helping a lot you know it was just a band-aid fix for a little bit and yeah. then we couldn't continue on the support network so we've been working on a project called forage built which i guess underpins all of all of forage supply co where it's creating a community so housing's not going to solve homelessness community will so it's then being able to make sure we can get some more consistent work and that's whether it's through the construction they're getting a bit more of a permanent sort of set up cafe style where we can get some um, work experience through that. But also they can start getting cert ones and twos in hospitality, retail, um, construction. And it's then teaming up with other businesses as well that we can be like, oh, great. Well, we've had Scotty here that's worked with us for six months. He's, you know, his, his passion is building those. So, you know, is there anybody out there that would be willing to... I'm um, doing an apprenticeship with um, Scotty here, so it's a uh, so it's really that comprehensive ecosystem. When you say housing doesn't solve homelessness, when community does, you can just just go into that. Or yeah, easy. So we we actually found that people that are on the street, you know, they just want to be around other people, and it can be very like loneliness is a massive thing in homelessness. So it's it's creating a safe community environment where they feel that they got the support network there but they also can get some work and they've got a, a place that they can call their own home. The housing systems at the moment, they're just getting old houses in the middle of nowhere and pretty well just putting people back there together. You know, So it, we, we were looking at that model and people that might need extra support together or some bad people together and it could have where people go out there and they don't feel safe being in that home again. So they'll re-offend or go back to jail, you know, go back, try it to get... compounds the problems. Yeah, it compounds the problems. So, and then the other one where heaps of people have to stay in hotel and yeah. motel rooms for weeks or months yep. at a time as well. And they get, there's a lot of, there's a high rate that get evicted. Um, so we were looking at creating small cohorts of houses, so on underutilised land, building these little communities there where it could be women's shelters, it could be youth shelters, could be... And you mean empty lots and empty car parks, that sort of thing? Yep, empty car park developers that have land that they're... A lot of people have a land that they're sitting on for three to five years to build up. So we thought if we could build these pods, houses in um, controlled environments, put them on these blocks of land, give the landowner owner a small return on investments, we can then work with the non-for-profits to pick the right people in the cohorts that fit the right um, categories so you know it might be a homeless person that has a pet and they can't you know no houses will allow them as pets so you know we can create we could create different scenarios which would hopefully then we could work quite closely with the people on the street the non-for-profits key stakeholders to work with them getting them back into society and really fit their needs rather than trying to wedge people into a space that doesn't fit them 
exactly so so that that ecosystem around everything just go into how that works because obviously saying oh we're going to build pods for people and put them in vacant land and as i'm sure you guys have constantly battled against people go oh well how's that going to be yeah. different to what we do now how are you going to stop all the problems yep. and people will jump to that straight away which i'm sure sort of does does yeah. your head in. and yeah. the answer is probably not really short so yeah i think for us as scotty said the community part of it is probably more important than the, than the housing to have the support in a certain area um and have a pathway for these people to come in and then have a viable way to get through the issues in each little community we have you know a space where they can come in um all the services are in one spot so they don't have to go to four or five different places to sort things out they can talk to someone straight away um and what sort of services are we talking about social social services we've got accounting to get their finances ready to go different health services so this is all on site or it's next door we're finding a lot of people now that have been seeing the project now actually emailing us instagramming us going well we have this service that could be a value we would love to be a part of this and come in on our own time okay so So that's going to end up being a big village (laughs) so it's more you know it's it's a bit like um you know, the services that go around for washing at the moment to, you know, Whitmore Square and all those places that will come there, coffee carts and sort of... Yeah. It's, it's nearly creating a bit of a centre like that or small, little small centres. Are these services mobile though or are they based there? We, we will have a um, one of the pods in the uh, communities will be for a social worker or worker or case worker. Yeah. Um, not to be there 24 hours a day, but uh, so they've got access to it. And being the model itself is quite transparent so you know not not necessarily everyone will have to have this but the idea would be sort of getting a community of about eight you know it's a quite manageable um you can get this then everybody gets the support they need as well and building quite a few of them and building a few of them and certain area like there's going to be certain people that need more support than other people so you know you certain um, little communities might have two people on on site and you know they might be smaller it's just working with people where they are along the healing process and what type of support they need and what sort of communities they can fit into what does the evidence say about the link between safe accommodation and and health oh it's finding their feet again um, finding a job um, talking with the right people um, hanging out with the right people having a, a bit of self you know self-esteem building back up um but it really starts with having somewhere that you can rely on to live because if that's on shaky ground then you're always feeling unsafe or like you can't focus on the other stuff it's pretty well maslow's hierarchy of needs you're just working from your belongings down the bottom and all the way up to self-actualization so you're just working through those processes with each each Mm. individual and you know people will be on different stages of their journey and just trying to trying to give them that support so they don't have to re you know so they don't feel like their only safe place is to reoffend and go back in the jail system or go back in the hospital system or have to go to emergency housing. Yeah, it's a you're building up that sense of purpose that all right we're, we're building a brand new house a little a pod that you can call your home. Then there'll be there'll be different options. You know, would love to do the rent to buy option. So you know different ways to get them you know really back on this and have have a support network around them. You know, people that they can call their friends if they're, you know, if they're lonely or single, you know, they can actually mingle and sit down and have a coffee with someone in the morning, do your washing together. You know, it's it's a lot around that community side 
to be like, oh, there's some safety there, and they, they don't feel unsafe in these little pods, in these little communities. And, um, yeah, it's really just trying to work work with them so they build up that self-actualization, their self-esteem. I guess being put back in that same environment, that has to equal the same result the majority of times. So this is about changing that up. But the difference with you guys is that it's so in-depth and you work with so many groups to really tailor it specifically and go to that much level, that much effort, which I suppose is what hasn't been yep. done before. Yeah, what we've probably found is that there's so many organisations wanting to help and do the right thing, but in terms of working together um, and getting the the total package for getting these guys in the right space, which we need we need to happen, is probably there was a bit of a breakdown there. So I think with this idea, like we're trying to work with the best people and put them all together in the same room in the same little community where um, people aren't missing out on certain things, and we're trying to create an environment where companies can come in and the end goal is the same and you are good at that that area so um, and another company might be better at this area so joining those people up and getting the best result I think is something that's fell down and that why this is still an issue now um, there's definitely so many people want to help out it's just finding the right formula formula to hopefully create that. And we're not saying that this is the solution, we're saying it's a part of a solution. You know, this will work well for certain people, it's not the solution for everybody. So we're just saying, hey, here's another cool idea, let's give it a go. You know, it's kind of be like, yep. what's the worst that can happen if we can just give it a go, do a couple trial trial communities, it's getting some people off the street. And as um, we had a meeting with uh, Ian Cox, uh, not Ian Cox now, uh, Chris Burns, the CEO of Hut Street Centre, um, a couple days ago, and he was just saying that it's actually the second wave of homelessness now um, with all the job keeper, job seeker slowly coming to an end. People that have never been homeless before are coming through. Mm. And it was he saying five women a day? Know, five, five new clients a day that they'll see to come through Hutt Street, which is, if you think about that, is pretty crazy. And they, forward, just, so. and they just don't have the housings at the moment yeah, to be able yeah. to put people in houses. So there's a big issue. The people are all coming out of the hotels now. So And we're going to see the after effects of that at a more intense spike for at least the next year as well. Exactly. And we've got to think about interstate too. Exactly. And then I suppose if it's the kind of model that can work overseas, um, you know, there's never there's never been a better time for it, yeah, but, exactly. that, you know, there really hasn't. Yeah, and it's, it's just getting the, the right, the key stakeholders all together. And I guess that's what I guess we've done nearly over the last four or five years is I think we, we would have done nearly over 200 meetings about this yep. just with different stakeholders to go, you know, what's yeah, yeah. the issue in the government? What's the issue in the council? You know, the non-for-profits. Lots the of people, issues. <laughs> the people on the street, you know. So yeah. we're just try- we're trying to let, nearly piece it all together to be like, all right, how, you know, this is what we need for you, this is what yeah, we need for you. And it's just, it's a, it's a mind-boggling puzzle. Yeah. Um, and four or five years to be working on it. Yeah. For me, it's just, um, as someone who has started their own project which is a lot more straightforward than this what drives you guys to keep persisting with it because it's one thing to have a good idea and go oh that'd be good but actually actualizing it is a massive task yeah that's probably been a massive thing for us because it's probably the first you know three and a half years where you kind of talk the same things and every everybody thinks it's a great idea um you know we're on board but it's actually for that idea to come to fruition where we probably just decided in the last probably you know eight to ten months that we're just going to jump in and just build one and then see what happens because when that happens you know you can come and see it you can see what it's real yeah exactly right so um 
we're probably in that mind frame now where we're just going to jump in the deep end and see what happens. And then I think once people realise that this is an actual thing and it can actually work, then that's when they can, you know, we'll probably find that they'll really jump on board and, and really push it as hard as what we're trying to push it at the moment, pretty much. And I think when we started Forage, we had a pretty simple set of goals. We said if we could help one person on the street and donate one meal, and in five years' time that's all we do and we can leave it, perfect. You know, it wasn't a money-driven venture, it was a social-driven venture. So to be able to now have some live cases where we've been able to help a certain amount of people get back on their feet, you know, we can see it real life, the, the changes it's having to people just to have someone else out there thinking of them, where they think they're, the, they're right at the bottom, they think no one, you know, the world is all against them, and then, oh, wow, we can get some work. Oh, wow, we can get some, we're back into a community. I guess that's sort of a big driving force, especially for me, I'm hands-on very much in the business with all the um, event side. You get to hear and speak to the people. They're no different to me and you, but just to see see them change along like one to two years to be a part of that journey, it, it just justifies that we can make change and it's not, it's not doing anything abnormal or anything. It's just giving people a second chance. So what does it mean to you when you see that, when you see the change and you know that you have an opportunity to basically create more of it? Like personally, inside you, what feeling does it give you or, or why does it make you do what you do? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it, it's just that it goes back to doing something without wanting anything in return. And just the return you get is just to see someone rock up and smile or they message you during the week and just be like, wow, you wouldn't believe how much this has changed. We've reconnected with our three kids which we haven't spoken to for five years. We haven't had an antidepressant, antidepressant since we've been working as forage, you know. We've given, up, we've given up smoking weed and we're starting to go to the gym. You know, it's those, those changes that you're like... It's only just putting some positive vibes out there. You know, when they work with us, we treat everybody the same. We're all paid even. You know, it's it's not you're not labelled as you've come from Hut Street Centre. You've you've you're all just a part of our little family. Well, I think we're talking about the importance of community. That's obviously huge for you guys, and I think all of us as well. So, and I think that pretty well relates to the the meaning of life, which is different for all of us. But it's we want to have that community. We want to help each other and want to see each other progress and, and live good lives so i suppose this is just a powerful way in which you can you yeah. can do that yeah absolutely i think you know we both live pretty good lives pretty privileged lives um we've been able to create this which hopefully will have a big effect on other people um and i think a lot of businesses are trying to do that as well like it's just finding a space where you think you can contribute the most um and found with what we're doing, we can actually see what you know effect we're having on different people. So, which is awesome for us. Like we get that direct feedback from these guys, um, which is the way we want to do it from the start. Really, um, it's probably easy just to you know you find companies donate money, and we wanted a, a more of a first-hand approach with you know actually knowing what we're doing and the effect that it has, rather than just a generic you know feel good you wanted to be all yep, in on pretty much. something real yeah. and different yeah, yeah. And, and it could be it's a legacy i guess that we'll mostly never get to see pan out because it's you know we're trying to change if someone got abused as a kid or you know sexually physically abused and that's why they sort of end up going down that path we don't want them doing that to their kids so you're trying to change it. there is a different path there's a different way so if you know in generations times yeah that isn't happening that's the sort of end goal yeah. that you know we're hoping that People don't have to go through, you know, why did you end up on the street or what, you know, why? And, and what you guys are confronting is 
it's all the issues because people yeah. always say, oh, well, it's complicated. You can't just do one thing or the other. And that's totally true. So it's trying to look at everything so that you can start to make those shifts. And you're right, you know, it does take generations, but science is getting pretty good. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep eating organic, mate. You might be And so, Westy, how does the, the thrill of doing this um, compare to playing footy? Um, I mean... Obviously, playing sport is awesome. Like the instant thrill, the sacrifice for you know a goal is you know amazing feeling for success. Um, but it does finish. It you know it does end. Um, you know you're on, it feels like you're on repeat every week. You know you're getting up for games and just to achieve that ultimate goal of success. Um, but you know. I've heard people win premierships and then, you know, a day later saying, you know, that's it, like, get back on the track and, you know, try again. Um, this is probably more of a life journey, more of a fulfilment personally. Does it excite you? Because I imagine yeah. trying to come off the high of having 50,000 fans yeah. screaming while you kick a goal is pretty, yeah, pretty it, up there. Yeah, it is up there. It's definitely, you know, an amazing feeling to have that. But I think... For me, the more personal one-on-one um, -on -one approach is obviously, you know, right up there with that. And just seeing someone else succeed just as much as what you are is, you know, it does massive things for yourself and the way you interact with other people. So um, that's why I've probably engaged with this so heavily throughout my career because playing footy doesn't last forever. Um, and even though it is an amazing experience to be in that that little bubble of what it is to be a professional athlete. Um, there's more to th things in life than just competing and... And re retiring now, does that mean this is full steam ahead, sort of like never before, because you've got even more time to commit to it? Yep, yeah, yes. <laughs> You're um, setting him to work, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a few hours yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, that's it, but um, yeah, that's the plan. I think, you know, I've been in the position where I was before, obviously, time is um you know and having a family at home it's a little bit harder i've kind of been shadowing scotty with what he's been doing and which you know he's You've been probably, carrying him yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's definitely been carrying me um and he tells me that every day um so to to dive in this a little bit more and to be a bit more involved with what we're trying to do is obviously you know pretty important so um and, and we're at a point now where it's really exciting, um, you know, going into next year, we've got some massive things, you know, with the business, with the prototype that we're building at the moment um, and showing that to everyone. And um, it's really exciting to, to be a part of and to have the right guys in the right spots and um, and having the best team around us is obviously really important as well. So. It's Sound like a yeah. post-game uh, press well, conference. Yeah, yeah. Full credit to the yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, when's that prototype looking at being finished? So, it's in the shed at the moment, about halfway through, um, halfway through the build. So, um, hopefully by the end of the year, it will be um, ready to go. Hopefully, cool. Fingers crossed. But yeah, the I'm not going to hold you to yeah, it, but no, around no, about. as you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, you you just jump on her. Hence for a prototype. Yep. Yep. There's hurdles after hurdles. So we're working with some great builders yep. um, that are really helping us out. So 
you know, obviously coming to Christmas too, you know, they're getting busy as well. So is it going to be at a certain location or is it going to be mobile? It will be mobile. So cool. we've built it in a way where it's fully transportable. We awesome. can move it around and which is Go and show it a, up bi- around a place. big, yeah, a big part of it. So um, we're looking at launching it early next year, um, still to be finalized, but in a big way, hopefully. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to that, getting that all teed up and um and that's something that we really yeah we're really looking forward to people to come through and have a look through it's it it's been so. a long time coming yeah absolutely and so. the homeless people that you work with what do they think of the idea yeah they they love it i think you know speaking to the guys at hut street um it's it's a long time coming for them um speaking to the board and obviously there's a lot of people stuck in the old ways and this is kind of a new way so um yeah, to have their blessing and I mean, and to see certain people come through and, and be involved with the project is, yeah, yeah. awesome. And they've been a big part of building yeah. the project too, you know, giving us their ideas. But they've been on the street, they've been in the housing, they've been like, well, this doesn't work, you know. You can't have the housing feel like you're in a jail cell, you know, it has to be open. It's, you know, there's it's so complex and, and again, it's, it's not going to be the right fit for everybody, but, you know, it's, there's just a lot of insight from people on the street have been out it gives to us directly and it takes a long time to build up faith and trust you know with people as well and then you know they speak pretty openly to us now about their experiences and you know and what what they believe it should take to get people back on the on the um into society or back on their feet so yeah i mean they're, they're a huge part of the the, the build and the whole business yep. growing because they um yeah because as westy said you know We've been very lucky that, you know, I haven't had to experience being on the street. I've always had somewhere to call a home, but um, they're the guys with the first-hand experience that have been able to, you know, help shape the business and, and mostly us as people as well. Yeah, uh, it's so terrific, and I reckon that's why it's going to work because you guys have involved the people who are actually going to be living in there and, yep. and really gotten in there and, and built this from the ground up and had that experience and, and lived and breathed it rather than, than just come along uh, to something you don't understand and, and try and do it from there so um, I just really admire the amount of work you've put into it and the persistence because uh, when you've you've got a, a dream or an idea um, you might believe in it but it's it's very hard to then take it from there yeah. and make it into something real especially when that goes over years and years of people saying oh so what's happening with that thing you're doing yeah. and uh, just really respect the the capacity to persist and 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 just in a bloody-minded way, make something happen that you truly believe in. So I just want to acknowledge you guys for what you're doing because it's outstanding and I can't wait to see it. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. If you're a fan of the work we're doing or have a suggestion for the show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. You can follow Youngblood Men's Health Matters on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and visit our website youngbloodmedia.com.au to stay up to date. And most importantly, if this conversation resonated with you, share it with someone you love and start a conversation of your own. A huge thank you to our local business supporters who've joined our mission to change the lives of young men for the better and help make this possible. We're all in it together. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.